everybody. I just wanted to give a little reminder that these recaps of and just like that are uh, more mature in content because it's a mature show. So if it's not your jam, then there's plenty of other stuff that we produce that you can listen to that are more family friendly. So thanks so much. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. This is the show where we are recapping. And just like that, this is the episode nine and episode 10, the finale recap. It's going to be super fun. These are some interesting episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Phil Crude, Rachel Wagner, and Jax is here. Hi, Rachel. I missed you last week. And I oh. hope you had fun Sundancing. And it, it could be a verb, right? Yeah, so Sundance was very Sundancey. <laughs> was not the best year for Sundance. I, but luckily, I because they had, they had said they weren't going to do a refund. But thank goodness for Wells Fargo because they came through and they uh, they gave me a credit on my on my card. Uh, so yay for big banks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's kind of ironic that, uh, that the, that the bank ends up doing the right thing and Sundance with all their high morals does, does the wrong thing and takes everybody's money. So that was stressful, but, uh, but yeah, it, we, we get the tweet that says film critic, Rachel Wagner says, yay for big bangs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I did, I missed talking to you. It's so much fun. It always brightens my week. So I, I'm glad that we're back. Me too. You give me um, an ab workout every time. <laughs> so it's great. I know I'm always going to laugh when I talk to you. And when I watched episode nine uh, last week, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's going to be so exciting when we actually get to talk in person about both these because a lot happened. <laughs> Okay, so the first episode, or the ninth episode, the first one we're going to talk about is No Strings Attached. And the summary on IMDb is Charlotte helps Lily through a crisis. A gift from Lizette makes Carrie doubt whether she's willing to continue to let go. Miranda's attempt to be spontaneous is not going as she had hoped. So we talked about last time that if Miranda going to Cleveland didn't produce some fireworks, I would be upset because that would make no sense for Chase character. <laughs> and not only did they not have Cleveland mean anything, they didn't even talk about it. Not only did they do that, but they have her bringing cookies to Shay as being some kind of what is happening in our relationship when literally she just surprised you in Cleveland? That makes no sense. How could you possibly be unaware of her and, and her personality when she literally just surprised you in, in, in an alternate state? Like what? Like that doesn't make any sense. And who <laughs> on earth is like, wow, my, my girlfriend just brought me cookies. This is a bad thing. Like may I be so cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just no wonder Miranda's confused. I would be confused. You're right? Like, Where am I wrong here? No, you're completely right. I just love thinking about this. This is harkening back to our other episode of like just you having someone 
show up on your doorstep with like sandwich brownies and, <laughs> and then like you know the bag I think she brought um, I don't know what those cookies were was, I think magnolia cookies or, or maybe it wasn't I, I can't remember I didn't was. write down the cookies I didn't but either. but I yeah okay and also I think something that low-key annoyed me about this as well that I think it's in the same vein as what you're talking about we're supposed to think because Che looks so alarmed that someone is there with her, but no one's there with her. She's just working and doesn't want company, which is perfectly reasonable. But to just be like, hey, cool, babe. Thanks for the cookies. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Want to chat for 10 minutes and then like leave. Like that's, I feel like you and I can relate to this as people who like work from home and create professions. Sometimes you're, if you're not planning on a hangout, you might be right in the middle of something. That is fair. But you're not going to look so gosh darn overwhelmed by this situation that you won't even take the cookies or let her in for five quick minutes. And there's no reason to throw Meg Ryan into the situation. That was like, what is happening here? (laughs) (laughs) Because who am I, Meg Ryan? I'm like, what? You're like, you're not. And don't you dare think that you are isn't cosplay you're not my girlfriend and we aren't dating what on earth she literally just surprised you in cleveland how could you possibly think that she is not i I, that just makes no sense like how could she possibly think that like bringing cookies is more of a like sign of affection than traveling to another state and surprising you like the only thing that makes sense for their character for for che is that they they don't want a monogamous relationship they don't want that kind of commitment and that's what would make sense character and so all of a sudden you're completely changing their character and to the point it doesn't make sense anymore all of a sudden they want this they say oh you're the only one i'm sleeping with you're the only one i'm in a relationship with that doesn't make any sense for her character all of a sudden there are, they're like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's funny that you say that because I completely blacked out of my mind that um, the sentence you just said about, you're not my girlfriend, this isn't traditional. I like, I think I was so gobsmacked at the entire interaction that I forgot that and even more so that is a wild statement to make like all of it 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 does not yeah it doesn't make any sense of course Miranda's confused because Che is telling her that you're the only person I'm I'm with but you're not my girlfriend and you can't bring me cookies but then you can surprise me in Cleveland Yes. Cleveland surprise is okay. Apartment surprise with cookies, not okay. I just, I don't, it is the one of the most, Che is one of the most poorly written characters I've ever seen in a show. I, she's, they are just terrible. And 
I, I, there was potential to do something interesting. I'm not opposed to the character. I'm not opposed to Miranda, uh, leaving Steve for good reasons if they were there. Um, but the way that both Steve has been, Steve is just an, an abomination. Like the way they've written him was just absolutely atrocious. And then now this, uh, with Che is just, it's not a well-written character. Character arc makes no sense. It makes no sense that they would go from being this person that is polyamorous, that's, you know, that's free and exciting to being this basically like house frau by the end of this, this season. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and you know what I actually think fundamentally it does that I think is really harmful in a way to people who have loving polyamorous, polyamorous relationships, which a lot of people do. And there are a lot of misconceptions about what that can look like for a relationship. Yeah. Um, it almost makes it seem like it's not possible to be in a loving polyamorous relationship. Yeah. Like, and that to me is, I'm not saying that's for everyone. There are a lot of people who like maybe don't believe in that. That is all fine too. But there are people that have that lifestyle that find it very fulfilling mm -hmm. on an emotional and intellectual and even a spiritual level. Like yeah. that works for some people. And I think it's almost this weird thing of weirdly, it doesn't seem like it's making it more traditional, but it actually is trying to fit it in this box. And it, it kind of reminds me of... <laughs> Oh, I not like this, but it kind of in a weird way reminds me of 50 shades, the 50 shades trilogy, because yeah. they, they, they start off as being like super subversive, right. That, you know, that it's all this naughty stuff, whatever. But then by the end they're married and she's, you know, it's all this traditional relationship. And like, she agrees to this untraditional relationship, but immediately she's upset with him for having this untraditional relationship and not committing, you know, so it's kind of the same thing where it's like, we're supposed to have this untraditional character, this edgy character, I guess you might say, but then they completely mainstream them by the end of the, the season. There's nothing edgy left. I actually think that's a really great analogy is 50 shades. I think that is spot on. And I think that also it maybe has to do with the people who are creating that content yeah. are creating it for people that they actually don't think would one do that themselves, which is fine, but two, that they actually don't want to engage with that content on yeah a more nuanced, interesting level. Like they're always trying to other it rather than trying to be like, oh, this is actually what a beautiful in love relationship can look like, even if you're poly or I don't even wanna say even if, but when you're poly or when you're not traditionally committed. But I completely agree. It's just, and it's, 
Yeah, it is wild. And then Miranda did take the cookies back with her because was she missed or what? I don't she know. She should have been missed. I would have been miffed. I'd have taken those cookies. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> I made all of the effort to go see my partner, surprise them with cookies, and they were a brat about it. Then I would be really irritated. And she, I, they acted like that. They acted like Miranda had done something wrong when she absolutely did not. I mean. There's no world where, where your girlfriend bringing you cookies is a bad thing, especially if she had just visited you in Cleveland, surprised visit like that. It just makes no sense. And it's frustrating when characters make no sense. I knew that when we didn't get either one of those deliveries on the Cleveland experience, I, for me, I was also like, oh man, okay. And I thought of you immediately because I was like, oh man, Rachel is just <laughs> Well, let's talk about some of the other stuff in the episode. So we have uh, that Charlotte thinks that she's started menopause, finally. Um, the average age for menopause is 45 to 55 is the age range. I'm actually curious. I didn't know. So Kristen Davis is 56. So she would be if, she, if Sumi and the Charlotte's the same age, she would be well within the, uh, is, if you believe the internet, that's what the internet says. I do. Sometimes I do. I believe the internet a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We also get the neighbor coming over uh, to Carrie's and saying that she listens to her podcast. I'm like, yeah, right. There's no way. <laughs> she said she's obsessed with the podcast. What world? (laughs) I'm beginning to wonder if the writers of this show have ever listened to a podcast because it's. I'm thinking not. I'm thinking not, but they were like, oh, this is in the zeitgeist right now. Everyone's got a podcast. Seems like something Carrie might do. Then in the next episode, we'll talk about it more. But in the next episode, Che quits the podcast to LA. That's nonsensical. That doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't quit the podcast until, I mean, maybe when you're way into your show, because a lot of, a lot of shows don't get, uh, don't get picked up. Most pilots that get made don't get picked up. And uh, that was wild to me that she would even need to quit because like you said, it's a pilot. And also you can very often take like, I mean, we know you can take like a little break from a podcast or zoom in or whatever you have to do. If you're super busy with another project, it seemed like they were putting a finality on it that they absolutely didn't need to do. No. I mean, you, cause even Carrie, remember she did the podcast from, uh, when she had the surgery, she did the podcast from home. There's no reason why Che would have to quit the podcast to do a pilot in LA. That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So I just feel like, and then later on they have Carrie again, we're moving to the next episode, but they have Carrie starting her own podcast and it's like, she's become Frasier Crane. And I'm thinking (laughs) that's not a podcast. I, I can't think of there. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I can think of YouTube live streams or Twitches or something like that, where you have people calling in questions, things like that, but it's not a podcast. Yeah. No, it's like, a, it feels like it's a more of a radio show. Yeah. It's a radio. Like it's I'm saying, it's like Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, which I'm, I'm here for Carrie doing, but it, it is funny that or actually I've carried you a podcast that is called sex in the city, which is her having guests in studio like that. Yeah, it's again, yeah. had they ever listened to a podcast? That was so cringy when she says sex in the city. I'm like, Oh, come on. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all supposed to go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? so cringe. So yeah. cringe. Anyway. So Charlotte thinks that she's in menopause and uh, then um, we also have Carrie debating about her wedding ring, taking off her wedding ring. And uh, so it was also a really weird scene. I thought when Anthony brings the new hot fella to dinner and the guy's a Nazi, like, was that supposed, to be, then, that supposed was to be fun. funny? Like, I, well, I think that was weird for a lot of reasons. One, the obvious that you just said, which is what is happening here. It didn't really add anything. And then also it's like everything with Stanford, none of us are quite over yet either. Yeah. There's just, there's- Well, and didn't he, like, I, I feel like I'm a Nazi would come up pretty quick in like, conversation especially if this is an employee that works at your establishment i mean he didn't know that until the party what yeah and you you would think that especially when he's being clear that he's being invited to was he was it shabbat dinner that he was invited to or no or was it just a what what did he invite or was it a party that he invited the the guy to um i can't remember it was um he was only uh, there for like a minute. Yeah, no, I mean, literally he introduced himself basically. I forget what exactly he said. Anyway, Charlotte's having a Charlotte's having a party. She invites Anthony. He's bringing his new boyfriend to dinner. And then literally when they knock on the door, he introduces himself as a Holocaust denier. What? I mean, I don't know. It just was bad. Records, another record scratch moment where you're like, I tell me what you were thinking you wanted to do with this. And I'll let you know how it comes across because we're all confused. Yeah. It wasn't funny. It wasn't, I don't know. It just made Anthony look bad. It, it was just, it didn't, it, it was, it was weird. It, it was bad. Them waiting in line for vaccines uh, and Carrie and Seema hanging out. And it, I, I think it's, it's weird the way this show has somehow kind of acknowledged COVID, but then not, not, you don't really see masks. You don't see like vaccination cards. I don't know. I think it's weird, especially in New York. Yeah, you know, I think what is interesting about this and that I think it almost should have been 
And also when it was filmed, I think they might've thought that we were really, really going to be on the other side of this when this aired. And hopefully we're on the other side of this, but they're still, as we know, New York is still very much masked up and as are a lot of other places. I think that I like the escapism of both Sex and the City and and just like that, where it's a world that sort of some things exist where we don't have to deal with that stuff. But I would rather than just kind of fully go into that, like, oh, it happened, but now we're in this whatever world or really have it be part of the actual experience of the show. Yeah, it. And I feel like the missed opportunity, I feel like they could have done some creative things with masks and with, uh, I don't know. I feel like they could have worked it into the show quite easily. So it's, it's, it's a strange thing. Uh, but I mean, the best part of this episode is by far everything with Lily and Charlotte. I mean, Lily's having to use a tampon for the first time. It's so good. She's terrified. I remember being terrified because, of course, since I'm such, even in high school, I was a big swimmer. I took aquatics class every single day and was on the swim team. So I naturally had to get used to wearing tampons from a very young age. And and uh, I, I remember that the first couple times that I used a tampon, I didn't know you were supposed to take the applicator out. And I was just like, this is really uncomfortable. Bless your heart. Because my, I mean, I don't remember anybody showing me how or, or what to do, or, or I I think I just figured it out. I'm, I'm sure my mom would have been willing and ready and, but I don't know. I just, I didn't even think it didn't even occur to me you know and and then finally i figured it out but you have the applicator in there so poor lily i i totally got it and uh, it's it's confusing and and uh hard and i just i loved charlotte with all of this i thought that she was great and the whole scene when she's like i am not finding your string like (laughs) You've, you've crossed the line, girl. I, I okay, Rachel. I 100% agree. This, this, these moments were the shining stars. Really, anything with Charlotte in this episode too. Like even with um, having to um, when she's having the paint party, and when Lisa Todd Wexley shows up with all of her kids, and you see Lisa and Charlotte being funny yeah. together, and the a plus level of mothering when charlotte is in the bathroom with lily when they already have the company there like anthony and his boyfriend that then leaves and she's taking her step by step on this journey and also a lot of it is funny when it's like okay relax but tighten up but kind of put it in this way, but make sure it's not that way. And it sounds utterly ridiculous, yet it all is true. Yeah, it's accurate. It was so good. I, I just, I mean, Charlotte, I never really realized 
that she was the best character in the show. And that is one thing that this series has definitely made abundantly clear is she's by far the best character in the show. She's the one that is the most complex character. She has the most flaws, but she's trying and she's working and uh, she's the funniest. She's the most loyal. Uh, she, she's been the best written character by far. And I don't know if it's maybe helped by the fact that Kristen Davis is an executive producer. I don't know. That's yeah. probably just a novelty call uh, thing, but couldn't hurt, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so good. And I, I feel, I believe this family. And I was talking to somebody on Twitter and I was like, I would be totally fine if this season two was just about, it was just about Charlotte, Harry, Rock, and Lily. I think that their dynamic, not only with everything, all the fascinating things that are going on with them individually and their families, but- <laughs> if they were the focus and then everyone else is like in their orbit, because I do enjoy these other characters and this world, but I want, I'm always wanting more of golden blacks. Like I am always wanting more of them. So I agree with you that I also the line when Charlotte says to Lily about the string, like, Oh, something about, you know, check to make sure it's not in your tushy. It gets cut. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this all feels so embarrassing and so vulnerable. And I get red even thinking about it, but also just so true and funny. And that after when all this is happening at the gosh darn porter potty is when we see Charlotte, who is in this pure white outfit with, you know, blood all over her tuck ass. And we just see it like, and we're like, oh, girl, oh, girl. I mean, it makes me wonder, do they all know that this, that they were going to be painting white? So then, because unless you knew for sure, whites, I would not wear white. I mean, that's the time. The truth is, is when you go to a painting party, that's the time when you wear like the old concert t-shirt that you don't care about that you got, or like the free, you got the free t-shirt you got for signing up for cable or something, you know, something like that, that like you don't care about at all. (laughs) But then it's Charlotte. So, you know, she's had that outfit picked out. We're like (laughs) when Lisa and her family roll up and I think People were saying on on Twitter that Lisa looked like Inspector Gadget. (laughs) She really did. She and Charlotte crack me up together because they're just, they're both trying so hard to be so perfect, but yet they are both flawed and they really care about each other. Like this is one of the new relationships that I'm very very invested in i think it's interesting i want to see more of it we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party now is the time to check out the hallmarkies merch store full of festive designs by artists like jessica miller carrie from hallmark comics and more 
You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. At the painting party, I did love Seema. She was hilarious. And she's like, how long do we have to pretend to paint? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, boy, it's so hard to be white now. <laughs> do all these things. That was good. That was good. And, and then, yeah, then Lisa shows up in her limo to the to think she said oh we ordered a van they brought the limo instead sure sure. all of her perfect looking children coming out yeah and then naya is there with her husband and they have a lot of conflict and he says oh that's some great a fathering going on looking at uh i can't remember who it was that they were looking at but oh it was was it it, was it lisa lisa's husband Yeah, yeah Yeah, and- which was another thing I was like, well, yeah, this is Lisa's family. Of course they are having the perfect moment. But yeah, it was it was hard to watch that scene with Nia and her husband. Yeah, I mean, and I, I that would be a very difficult thing, I feel like, if you had in a marriage where one wanted children and another didn't, that'd be, I don't know how you, that would be very tough then uh, obviously it's the the woman's choice in the end um to have you know with what's her body but but that doesn't mean his opinion doesn't matter and you know his what he wants shouldn't matter i i don't know what you'd do that would be very difficult it is one of those things where i feel especially because a lot of couples discuss it beforehand and then someone changed their mind or you can't have them in the way that you thought you would have them, all these things happen. It is one of those things that when you hear the phrase irreconcilable differences, that actually is an irreconcilable difference. Like you can love someone so much, but if one of you wants kids and one of you does not, and that becomes the, the, most important thing in the person's life that wants them. I mean, yeah, you really but I feel like was hard where I feel for, I think it's Andre, the husband, I think is his name. Yes. Where I feel for Andre is that she started on the path to the IVF and they did it several times. And so you kind of get ready spiritually yeah. and mentally for a child. And then, and then in her defense, once she had the IVF and it didn't work, she felt relief. And so she didn't really, so I feel for her too as well, but I think that that was probably a mistake that, you know, cause he became invested in having one. Whereas if they had just been consistent from the beginning of not having one, then I think that that wouldn't have been as much of an issue. But, uh, but I don't know, it's tough and they didn't really end it very satisfying in the next episode. We just get Naya saying something to Charlotte at the, at the, um, day mitzvah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, at the end of the, she tells, I know Naya tells 
Miranda. Oh, with Miranda. Said, yeah, she said about Charlotte. Exactly. Yeah. She said something about like that Andre is now um on the road and they're taking a little time apart. Like they're not not together. They're not separated, but they're not together physically. And they're feeling out how that feels. So like it's not like, oh, we are taking a trial separation, but just by virtue of the fact they're not spending time together, they're feeling it out, which yeah. I don't it was know. Something like that. It was just yeah. a passing comment though. Uh, yeah. but so that was I that was a little bit unsatisfying, I guess. So then we get all the madness with Miranda and Che. We have Lisa brings food trucks for the for the gang and then we have steve is there with brady uh to help with the painting and he talks to carrie who's wearing the most ridiculous shoes for painting i mean i know she loves her shoes but come on like <laughs> we know she has the toms that she bought to make herself feel better along with everybody else who bought toms and so why yes good point good point <laughs> Rachel, that is genius. They actually should have rolled out the Toms for that as a funny callback to that and have her be like, well, at least they come in handy for something. Yeah. So she's wearing Big's wedding ring uh, as kind of her, her trying to get off of wearing anyone at all. And of course it's Big because it's from Big. And it gets flushed down the sink and Steve once again proving that he's the best human he finds the ring he gives it back to her and he talks to her and they have like one of the better conversations of the whole season yeah and I will say this was also important for Steve's character and I think for a lot of us who wanted as you said Hashtag justice for Steve. We got to see him be capable, kind, dare I say sexy when he touched that ring and sensitive all in one very small scene, but like you said, a really important scene. So I really enjoyed this entire interaction. And I thought Carrie was extremely respectful of her relationship with Miranda and you could see it I love the way Sarah Jessica Parker played this you could see almost the the internal panic she had on her face where she was being like I know he's gonna ask me things that I can't answer out of loyalty to Miranda but also Carrie's dealing with the fact that she feels frustrated by Miranda and she probably agrees with Steve more. So I thought that was just well played on so many levels. Yeah, it was one of the more authentic conversations that felt believable. Uh, and I mean, you certainly haven't had any conversations between uh, between Che and Miranda that felt this authentic or between Miranda and Steve, that's for sure. So yeah, this was, this was good. And he, he says that the till death do us part this ring's never coming off and i wrote down he's literally the best person yeah yeah i mean 
boy, if they, if they thought, I think, I think that the creators and writers thought that we would be swooning over Miranda and Che and boy, did they misread that? That's for sure. They thought this was going to be like a really, oh, love story. They fell in love. And, and how can you have characters fall in love and not have a single conversation, meaningful conversation together? The best conversation that we've gotten between the two of them was the cookie conversation. I mean, this is ridiculous. We have not, we have literally not had a single in-depth i'm sharing my heart my soul to you all we've had is public scenes with them in public together even in the next episode is in public it's not an intimate space and and that's supposed to be more swoon worthy than a relationship that we had built up for six seasons and two movies what do they think that we hate steve i think they do i I think think they do i think that they're wrong i yeah i i think that they think that we think that Steve is a slub. Yes, you're and exactly right. That's, that's why I would be so annoyed if I was David Eigenberg because they have totally messed his character. They've turned him into a idiot who's not aware that his relationship is having problems when they haven't had sex in 10 years, you know, and that is a fumbling, bumbling fool. And, and then at this moment they they finally give him some humanity and make him the character that we know but i don't know you just feel frustrated what they've done it's just not good writing like you need characters to have conversations together you need them to talk you need them to have chemistry you you can't just i don't know what i will say though is the fact that Steve was given so little it really shows the skill level of sorry what is his name David David Eigenberg I believe David Eigenberg yeah like he basically only got one good scene this entire season and he nailed it so kudos to you man because we've seen him pop up before and like you know, we discussed how it was very limited in the way it was written and, and, and these things, but I just feel as though I really commend him as an actor, because I would probably be frustrated when I received these scripts, if I was in his position and then he took it and he did everything he could. (laughs) No, I, I completely agree. So anyway, <laughs> we we have the episode ending with Carrie going with Seema to the club because we'd had that before for her birthday. They tried to bribe the doorman and he says that's offensive. Uh, I did think that Seema's uh, blue sparkly dress in that scene was really pretty. I also really liked Charlotte's dress during the party, the white turtleneck dress with the black flowers. Oh, yeah. And a was- black belt. Yeah. That looked really good. I, I I said for almost every single outfit that Charlotte has worn has either had flowers or polka dots in it. Uh, and so I think that's kind of fun or she's consistent. Like yeah. she's even in the way 
she dresses. It's like very much you can imagine it being in Charlotte's closet. Now, the one thing I did think the reason why maybe they had the whole Meg Ryan thing is because Sarah Ramirez has a very memorable role in You've Got Mail with the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Orange, you're going to run the credit card through this credit card machine. (laughs) Which that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene. (laughs) This is a credit card machine. (laughs) This is a credit card. There was so much potential here that they just decided to just leave just seeping into the abyss. Yeah. And the last scene is like I said, Carrie going with cement to the club and she has the pink jacket, black jumpsuit and pretty heavy jewelry on. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode. And that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. All right, well, let's go through 10 we talked about quite a bit of it so it was probably pretty quick but this is called uh seeing the light and it's charlotte plunges into planning the ultimate ritual of change for her child rock che upsets miranda after a difficult year carrie is trying to find closure and so they start out um with this podcast about breakups and she says death is the ultimate breakup and i call shenanigans on that because one of the most iconic parts of sex in the city was she got broken up by a post-it note how could she not tell that story post-it note breakup yes 100 percent. and i've never heard anybody ever refer to somebody dying as a breakup i mean it just it was so this podcast is absolutely terrible and i hate it but the fact that she didn't bring up the post-it note, I was just like, have you writers even watched the show? The original yeah, show. And and I think that they, the creators of the show, everyone who's working on it, because most of them are, are back. It's like, they like these nuggets of, of hearkening back to sex in the city and being specific with things. Like the Sam Dive, the Samantha diaphragm story that Carrie referenced on a podcast is from an episode that we've seen of sex in the city so like talk to us about the post-it note breakup because if you were a fan of the show you'll appreciate it and even if you have never watched an episode it is in the zeitgeist of the post-it note breakup I just I was beside myself I was like what 
Uh, so then she goes on the date with what's his name? Oh, the the teacher of the year twenty eighteen. Yeah, the teacher guy. She goes on the date with the teacher. And I think it's Ralph or Ron or something like that. Anyway. And uh, he asked, they were like a little bit nervous and he asked her, I'd like to kiss you. And she's totally turned off by that. She's like, what do I need a contract for a kiss? And I was just really confused by that because it's only the second date. So the fact that I don't know, you really expect somebody to just like assault you on your second date, you know? And like, to me, that would be really weird. I I think maybe I'm just old fashioned, but I would want somebody to ask permission to kiss me. Here's why I think it's weird in a couple of ways, because I agree with you. One, they're both dealing like with this immense amount of grief so this is a typical date um two as you said that's something that you would enjoy someone asking you and then three in a show that it feels like sometimes almost to is its detriment is trying to be woke or progressive or whatever you want to say so much a part of our culture right now that I think is very important is talking about consent and to have, and I'm not saying, look, I've been on a date where it's just very clear that we want to kiss and someone has not asked me, but it's been very clear. It's been well-received. It's been lovely. Great. I don't need someone to always ask me for a kiss, but I do think that for her to act like it is outrageous that he yeah. would ask for her to do it, it's it's it, it's bonkers to me just in all those ways. That yeah. and I thought it was lovely the way he did it. Now, was it you said like you said it's only a second date? There was a lot going on, and it wasn't like he did it in a way that was awkward. I actually thought it was sort of tender and romantic. I agree. I agree. So then we have the girls sitting down for lunch or whatever. And first of all, why is Miranda wearing like a Kmart tracksuit? Like what is, what was she wearing? Like, it was so weird. (laughs) She got it there like circa like 2007. It's not even like new from Kmart, you know, it's like, Oh, are we working with here yeah and then i just thought it was so cold of miranda to be like oh so you believe in the afterlife now like she's just lost her husband it's still been just barely a year or under a year and now i just feel like that's really cold of her to say i thought we were on the same page with this you know like I don't know. I thought that was really rude. This, this actually made me really sad. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I thought that so much about it, one, didn't make sense for the character. Like, okay, yes. Had they maybe been on the same page about what they believed or didn't believe or whatever about the afterlife, sure. But I have 
lots of friends and I've also been on various journeys with my own faith, but lots of friends who don't believe either the same things I believe or definitely know they don't believe in afterlife. But if someone they're close to is speaking about this, especially like you said, after just having lost someone, you hold space for that. You don't center yourself in the thing of, oh, Carrie, you think this way now and it makes me feel a certain kind of way because I thought we were on the same page. It is so selfish. It is so inconsiderate. And I actually thought that the way Carrie responded was really wonderful and true to what I've heard a lot of people say that have gone through a trauma like this that maybe didn't believe beforehand is that, well, I don't really know what I believe, but I feel like this person is trying to connect with me. And if it makes me feel better to think of big smoking a cigar in a cloud, then why can't you let me have that? Especially and- by the end of the episode, she expects everyone to accept the fact that she's changed like huge things about her and her life and that they're everybody they're just supposed to accept it without questioning or wondering or any follow-up questions and 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 yet she is totally judgy and rude and just cold it's just a mean thing like if if you you have to let people grieve and mourn however they need to do it and honestly if if they if they feel like the lamp is communicating with them who cares it's completely harmless and if it helps them then you know that's fine (laughs) I love that you made that point and I didn't even think of that connection that she absolutely feels like her friends should accept her for her new version of herself or how she's evolving but she's unwilling to accept them evolving if she feels like it takes them further from her that's a really good point It was bad. It was, I mean, if they could manage to make Miranda a worse character, then they succeeded. Uh, So we have- They they do it more towards the end. So we have Rock's Day day Mitzvah. I don't really understand what the difference between a, like having it, it seems like this is supposed to be very different having it in the day versus having it in the evening. I don't know. I I thought they were saying, maybe I'm wrong. I thought they were saying that Rock didn't win a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. So they were calling it a day mitzvah. Oh, I thought they said day mitzvah. Okay. I I could have missed that. That makes sense. Day mitzvah. Okay. I just heard it wrong. No, I don't know because I was curious too. Because wasn't it also during the day? Yeah. It's a day mitzvah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought that Rock wanted, didn't want a bar mitzvah and didn't want a bat mitzvah. Yes, that's true. And they get the trans rabbi. Oh, Rabbi Jill. Rabbi Jill was funny. Yeah, she was fun. I, I, I felt like they could have made more out of the whole bathroom scene you know, when she comes out and like, I just felt like her advice could have been 
funnier and better. And I mean, it, it was fine, but I was just kind of waiting for like the big moment, you know, she was going to tell them something great. And I was just kind of like, Oh, you know, okay. It's funny. I thought it started off with so much potential that bathroom scene where she was like, okay, so did I put the right voices with the right people? Yeah. And then to me, it almost felt like that scene was originally longer and then got cut for time yeah. because I agree with you. It didn't do what I think it could have done, but it started off strong. And I felt like that actor could have also done something funnier, but it was like, they were just trying to wrap everything up quickly. Yeah. So Che invites Miranda to meet their family and I, I felt like that just doesn't make sense. Like no person is, is, is going to invite their girlfriend to meet their family and not tell them that this is like a party in a public place. The, right? okay. I mean, that just seems so uh, weird to me. Okay. The, um, like this- she's actively avoiding spending time with Miranda at this point. This entire scene, okay, did you, three three things I was thinking about with this. One, did you get the vibe that they were trying to do a sort of, for lack of a better way to say it, a sight gag with Miranda, with the two grandmas, then in the middle as the quote unquote girlfriend, but sort of dressed like a grandma? Because- And I didn't like that. That made no sense to me because, I mean, Chase's grandmas are young and quite cute. So, I mean, fine. But the three of them are sitting there. So that was bizarre. And then when Chase says they're not going to do stand-up and everyone laughs like we're supposed to be relieved, but then we're subjected to the song. And then the announcement of going to LA to do this pilot when Che hasn't had time to mention it to Miranda. Again, make it make sense because it doesn't for us. I, 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 again, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, I was glad that we got to hear Sarah Romero sing. That was fun because they're awesome. Uh, and, and Tony award winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why would she, why, why would they think that this is a good idea to spring this on their girlfriend in a public place when, the, when they're just meeting your parents and your family, that just doesn't make sense. And she, and, and they think that they're going to be like excited about this and, I don't know like her character their character just doesn't make sense is not written well the character arc doesn't make sense it's just bad it's badly done also i think miranda in this scene also doesn't make sense in the way that she's been rolling with all these new experiences or trying to but we see her coming into this situation and although it is completely bizarre not at all what she expected 
she's looking so profoundly upset about the entire situation that I, I'm just sort of shocked that she was unable to understand anything about what was going on. I don't think that gives Miranda enough credit in the way that I feel like had she actually gotten to know Che at the level she had, she would say, well, this doesn't make any sense, but that's just Che. You know no, what I mean? So you, I mean, and it's just, again, going back to, did they think that we were going to be swooning over this relationship? Because we, they, they full out admit they're a narcissist. They, they don't really care about anybody's feelings, but themselves. And it's why do we want that person with Miranda, a legacy character who we actually liked? Yeah, the narcissist thing was interesting because some people throw that word around and they're being self-deprecating or we, but I actually think Tay might be a narcissist and that actually is not someone you want to be in any kind of relationship with, be it romantic or close working relationship or a close friendship. If unfortunately that person is a part of your family, it can be emotionally and spiritually draining. Like that's no joke being in a close relationship with a narcissist. Like it's very damaging. (laughs) Why would that be a happy ending for our character? It makes no sense. And I mean, and, and so you have them being a narcissist, but then at the same time saying, I love you. I only want to be with you. Uh, so I feel like they can't have it both ways. Like you can't be playing the super independent card, super edgy card, and also being the monogamous traditional, I love you even though we haven't had a single meaningful conversation on the show. Uh, I don't know. It's just bad. It's not well done. It is badly done. Uh, So then Che announces that quitting the podcast, which makes no sense, uh, except for that it's terrible. (laughs) Uh, And... Uh, and then she definitely doesn't think it's terrible. But <laughs> and so then Jackie is talking to Carrie outside and he says that I feel like someone who survived a plane crash. And that is the most true statement of anybody said in this whole episode. <laughs> I was like, accurate. Uh, this is so bad. And so he invites Carrie to his uh, party that he's throwing but doesn't invite Shay. and it was really cute seeing that carrie and jackie had the line where carrie said i really like you i don't want us to be site specific friends i thought it was really charming and i would be interested to see in a season two where that little connection would go yeah and so then uh, it turns out the party is actually a wedding between jackie and smoke and what did you think of Smoke's outfit? The yellow leaf kind of top and the yellow skirt. Okay, so I was actually really into this. And it's never something I could wear um, or would wear, but I thought that it fit very well with this sort of um, 
a vibrant, surprise, fun mm-hmm. wedding situation. Did you like it or didn't you like it? I did like it. I felt like it didn't fit her a hundred percent right. That it was kind of moving around and and uh, that they could have done a little bit better job on the fit. Uh, and like, having feel like a very malleable, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then also I do think that having sort of a band around your waist like that is not necessarily the most like flattering. Um, I mean, she's obviously beautiful, but, um, but I think if there was a different way they could have designed it, it might've been a little more flattering, but I liked it. It was different. It was, it was something that we have been missing on the show, like really outlandish fashion, finally. Yeah, and I think that that was part of the reason why those of us who are fans of Sex in the City originally, or whenever we've come to find it, or even just the fashions, so many of the fashions that they wore didn't quote unquote work. Yeah. but. That was kind of the fun in it, in that yeah. they were memorable. Right. Or they worked for different people in different ways. Like some would love it and some would hate it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they, they make a statement like, and they have something yeah. to say. And this was definitely a statement look. And I, I appreciate that about it. And especially when they put the yellow veil on, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought that Seema looked really good in the whole gold outfit with the gold jacket uh, that the she had on. She looked great, I thought, in that. Seema's so. living her life now. She yeah. has great sex. She has a great friendship with Carrie. Like, she's rocking it. Like, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. We, we're spending so much time with the show on Che that they're forgetting not only the amazing characters, the legacy characters, like you said, but all the awesome new characters that we could have explored more with, like give me more Seema. The other thing I forgot to mention about the whole Rabbi Jen thing uh, is, has she never used a paper towel dispenser in her life? Like, are you kidding me? What? Oh, yeah, Rabbi Jen. Sorry, I called her Jill before. Rabbi Jen. Um, yeah, no, she's, she, I don't, it was Those like, are like everywhere. Especially like in New York. In New York. <laughs> like, I was like, was that supposed to be funny? I didn't she doesn't I, know how to use a, is she left her house? I'm concerned about Rabbi Jen at this point. Like, okay, what? I, I think that scene got wildly cut and they were like, just figure out a way to exit the bathroom. And <laughs> she was like, okay. <laughs> uh, um, so basically we have, it's interesting with Rock. So they decide that they um, are just going to be gender fluid, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. So they, they don't want to be a girl or a boy or non-binary they don't want to label, they just want to be, which is fine, but they don't want to participate in the ceremony. And that is where Rock crossed the line. Everything was fine with being gender fluid, non-binary. Then Rock didn't want to be a Jew. 
they were trying to take that in. And then Rock said that they did not identify as a New Yorker. And that's what made me laugh so hard when you saw Harry and Charlotte's face like, well, now you have crossed the line. And they definitely should have had this conversation well before during all this planning. And I get that Charlotte can be kind of overwhelming, but they should have at least told the rabbi or somebody here is where I felt like we have crossed over from rock, you know, really talking about a part of their identity, expressing to their teachers and to their family. And like, that's a beautiful and complicated and brave journey that rock is going on. To me, that is totally separate from the fact that right now, you're kind of acting like a bratty teen. You're just acting like a brat because yes, if this is something that you don't believe in, I want to support that. But also at the same time, like I remember getting confirmed when I was 13 in the Catholic church and having some, I don't know about Catholicism specifically. And I don't know, and having my own journey, but you betcha. I was going to like go through it for my family. Like we were planning this, you know, and it just felt a little petulant teen. It felt a little entitled to me. Yes, Uh, And when, when you know that they put all this work into it, but having Charlotte be the one to get the, the um, bar bar mitzvah ceremony um, was very sweet. And very nice. What did you think of her dress? The pink puffy sleeve dress. So I actually, this was one of the most emotional parts of me, the episode. I just started crying when she was up there mm-hmm. like having that experience because watching her convert in the show and then thinking about all the journey she's been going through, I actually thought it was really sweet that she sort of stood up for herself. Like, well, someone's you know, getting day mitzvah today and, you know, it's Charlotte. I think that she looks pretty much wonderful in everything she puts on. It was an interesting outfit for the day mitzvah, but I, I liked it, but I'm really liking everything Charlotte is wearing. What did you had, It kind of had an eighties feel to me. Oh, I totally see that. Yeah. Like a, um, I don't know, like a girls just want to have fun or, um, uh, Peggy Sue getting married, that, that kind of a feel. You know, what's cool about that too, if that was intentional, because you get your, you get bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, like, you know, when you're like an, I think that. That would have been a very like wonderful, nostalgic sort of throwback for Charlotte. So I, that's really cool, actually. I didn't notice that, but that makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, So then they have the whole family going up for the blessing, the final blessing, which was very sweet. And I enjoyed that. Um, We forgot to mention that, uh, that Biggs, uh, is that 
who's that? His brother. He was brother. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. His brother takes Carrie to lunch and wants to know what's going on as far as the remains and says, you know, we have this plot that even you can have a spot in. Uh, and so she's just not sure. Um, and so she decides that she is going to, that Big wants her to scatter his ashes on their bridge in Paris. And she is going, she first, she wants Miranda and, and Charlotte to go with her uh, to Europe and uh, to Paris. And uh, that's a problem for Miranda because she wants to go to LA to be with, uh, to be with Che. And I didn't really understand the problem about the plane flight. They were like, that'll be a 14 hour plane flight like what i mean you know what i think it was um i think it was and this is really where i was like i feel like sarah jessica parker is just like nailing it on the acting front when she says i didn't know you were going to do this and this is a long flight. It was presumptuous of me to think that you could go to Paris. I think she's just realizing that so much with Miranda has changed that it's not going to be this trip that she thought it was. Like Miranda's not in the right headspace to be there for Carrie in this way. Yeah, she's not. No. And she also says, you know, why can't I choose love over this internship? And I think that that only works, that sentiment only works is if, if we are like, ooh, they're in love, we're so happy, you know, and oh, yeah, they're kind of the race to the airport, we're going to stop you from going or we're going to go or whatever, you know, like that sentiment only works if we're like invested in the relationship. But, but instead it comes off as, wow, you could actually be in this human rights internship helping people and instead you're going to spend time with your girlfriend who doesn't even want you to bring cookies to her like what well and if we're as a narcissist why on earth would we rather as viewers why would the writers think that we would rather have miranda choose to go spend time with her narcissistic girlfriend who doesn't want her to bring her cookies and and instead of doing this human rights thing, like, which was the whole point of her character at the beginning saying, oh, I've learned from all of this, you know, Trump and whatever, that I need to be a better person. Instead, you are being like super selfish throughout the entire season, even to the point of allowing your friend to wet the bed. Like, <laughs> I just, I just don't understand what they're thinking. Okay, so not to take it really dark but if this is something and for all the things that we're saying about you know lots of things we didn't like about the show like I will say I'm never bored watching it and I want a season two however if they are setting up something that is actually going to be a character arc of Miranda being in a relationship, an unhealthy relationship with a narcissist, 
they are doing a good job. Of they that. are doing a good they job. They really are because she doesn't seem happy. It seems <laughs> like anxiety. And another thing, Rachel, that didn't, we're talking about things that don't make sense with this. I know she wants to be in LA for, uh, for um, Chase taping. But I'm confused about what this pilot is because if it was a comedy special that with an audience where we need to do that, then that would make sense for her to need to be there on that date. However, that wouldn't require someone to be in LA for three months. The only thing we know is that Tony Danza is evidently reading as her dad. (laughs) That's the only thing that we know. you you know it would seem like pandering but i do think if they did a season two and she realizes that che is terrible and she went back and apologized to steve and we got some real relationship with that some real growth because he's not taking off that ring you know could maybe be interested in that maybe maybe but i don't know i just the character has been written so poorly that it's just hard at this point and and i think it was so heartbreaking for me to see that in this moment where you know part of the whole thing in the original sex in the city is yes, the most important relationship you have is the relationship you have with yourself, which I feel like is a beautiful arc that we do see here with Carrie. However, another big part of that show was that our soulmates are are our friends. And I think that this is where it lost me. It's like Charlotte, I thought was so darling. Like even Carrie, the way she's making these plans for Paris, so gosh darn thoughtful. She says, it's only three days. I'll be in and out. I'm paying for everything. And Charlotte, even as like a, a friend who would do anything for a friend, she's also a mom. She's like, three days I can absolutely do. Yeah. It's like- You didn't debate it. Everyone's being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Carrie's being thoughtful, yet realistic. Charlotte's being thoughtful, yet realistic. And then we have Miranda who's like, no, no, I can do it. I can do it. But it doesn't make sense. I think that's what Carrie realizes when Chuck's about the flight, even though Miranda's saying, I want to do it. Carrie knows that Miranda is going to show up and she's not going to be present. Yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And that broke my heart. Although I will say, you know how when we were talking about death ponytails, she had a good ponytail in this Yeah, I... I did write that down that she had sort of a loose bun kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, And so anyway, we have the big, so we have Brady going to Europe and then Miranda with red hair again. So this is supposed to symbolize something, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, also this interaction with Brady didn't feel good either 
You know, it's like, did he give her a dirty look about the hair? And then it's like, do you guys even like each other? I don't know. All of it, it's it's all felt pretty weird. It's all felt pretty weird. And she's like, hey, I did it first, which is like a cute callback. And also, sure, she she looks great with the white or silver hair. She looks great with the red hair. I think it's kind of cool to see Miranda back in her red from, you know, sex in the city and she's going off to LA okay sure but then I don't know it just seemed like a weird contentious interaction she had with Brady which is understandable given the fact that she's completely lost the plot uh so then Carrie goes to Paris and she scatters the ashes on the bridge and she's wearing this really big uh, yellow dress and I guess I mean I, I thought it was a good dress I it was definitely a statement I just thought that she would be wearing the Versace especially when they brought it back earlier in the season I did too <laughs> I did too yeah. I did I certainly okay and in a world that doesn't exist for a variety of reasons what I out of my mind was Versace on that bridge, Miranda, Carrie, Charlotte, and then Samantha shows up. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. We all knew because we know beforehand that, and, and uh, absolutely respect your choice not to be involved. I'm not saying anything about that, you know, like absolutely. Um, but now talk about an iconic moment is like the 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 four on that bridge she's in the versace she's scattering big ashes and then it's like and just like that like that is where it could have ended for me agreed that would have been way better than than her podcast with uh it's gonna be called sex in the city i was just like oh cringe but, uh, but she says, the more I live, the more I find myself mystified. You will laugh again, especially if you have one or two good friends in your corner. And, uh, and so the future is unwritten. And like I said, evidently she's the new Fraser Crane. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah. And then her boss. Terry Bradshaw, the new Fraser Crane. Rachel, so, I like that. Yeah. So then her boss uh they'd had some chemistry a little bit uh and uh and then they basically make out on the elevator so there we go that's the end of the season just the two final things i'd say about well but i did actually really like seeing the bridge with scattering the ashes i thought thought that actually was quite beautiful Yeah. yeah interesting that she's meeting up with samantha for a drink we see her say that so that's what it is okay I think that her boss, they did have chemistry. He's hot and the kiss was hot. I'm all for it. The only thing I do want to say is that I love that for Carrie, but he is your boss. And that is, that could be complicated, but hey, girl, follow your heart. It's a podcast, so you'll figure it out, you know? Yeah, and it's, it is kind of a weird thing when the teacher, uh, when the teacher gets kind of scolded 
for asking permission to kiss her on a second date. And then the, sh- the series ends with the making out and the making out with the boss in the elevator, which yeah, is kind of problematic. I mean, it was, it was spicy. That was great. I mean, I'm happy for, her, but I don't know. That's just sort of a weird place to leave Carrie that evidently she doesn't like consent. That's that turns her <laughs> off, but she likes making out in elevators. So I don't know. <laughs> What are they doing? For, no, 100% for a show that feels like they went so far to try and, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. so, um, yep, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. You nailed it with that. Although I'm not going to lie, don't mind because I they did have some real snap, crackle, pop. And yeah, I didn't mind it. I just think yeah. having both is just sort of a weird. It's just sort of weird, but, but yeah, especially with how woke the series was, it's very weird, but yeah. So we talked for like two hours about this terrible show. We had a lot to say, you guys. We have opinions. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I think that my favorite look of this episode was probably Seema in the gold out. I thought she looked great. I did also probably that or the wedding dress, wedding outfit thing. It was probably my favorite. They're the most interesting and and I don't know. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I actually really liked Carrie in that dress with all the roses. I thought oh, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Her really well. And it was one of those things. So normally I'm not a high fashion person and I don't normally see things. I'm like, oh, I'd want to wear that or whatever. But there was something about it just fit her really nice, but it also felt like it it was a, not like a regular people dress, but a thing that you're yeah. like, oh, that's it. Yeah, like I could imagine myself trying something on that, yeah. like that and like not pulling at it all day long. Like you just put it on, it fits and that's nice. You know, like a lot of these outfits, feel like they require all day maintenance <laughs> and that did it so that's probably why yeah. I really like that one that's true and you didn't look like a bag lady like in some of the 100 uh, but I also liked when Miranda is in um the uh she's in like a silver jacket with a purple t- blouse um I and I uh, thought that looked really nice on her Yes. Um, I also liked Carrie in the flower dress um, mm-hmm. at the wedding, the flower yeah. dress with a beige, kind of at a beige jacket mm-hmm. that looked really good on her kind of had a fifties um, um, kind of look to it a little bit. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was rocking. And actually speaking of rocking it, I do think that even though rock did not want to go through with the De mitzvah, I will say the pink tux I enjoyed. Yeah. So there we go. I think we covered everything. Let us know if you're listening. Let us know what you think. Did you like it more than we did? Did you hate it more than we did? <laughs> Let me know. Let us know. And you can follow us at City Girls Pod on Twitter. Uh, and we are going to do a uh, we are going to start 
uh, recapping the original show, which is going to be super fun. Uh, so we'll, we'll let you know a little bit more, definitely on city girls pod, what we're planning, uh, but keep an eye out for that. And, uh, uh, Jax, how can people find you? Uh, Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron tomatoes. So please take a look at all of that. And also make sure you're following Homeworkies Pod at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It helps us so much, especially with this new show. We would love your five-star ratings. Uh, and then also, if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. Share this with your friends. We would so appreciate it. And also... Uh, check out the merch store and the patron group that helps us out a lot as well. And uh, there's lots of fun perks. So take a look at that and thanks so much. And we will uh, talk to you later. We did it. We finished. We did it. And Yay. just like that. <laughs> <laughs>